Mike Young, stories that need to be told, back in Las Vegas, with my brother, Robert Young, who was here for two days on business, doing things in Vegas. I decided from L.A., why not come out? It's a 40-minute flight. Why don't I just hop on a plane? Come to Vegas. It'll be great. We come out. Me and my brother have been to Vegas 500 times together. My dad used to take us when we were 10 years old. We used to run around Vegas. We know Vegas. It's going to be great. I'll go for 24 hours. I'm sitting at the top of the... What hotel are we in? Right now? Venetian. We're in the, the Venetian Hotel. Me and my brother. I got here. The flights were only... It was only 400 to fly here. Within 27 minutes, I lost 400 at the blackjack table. Decided, because I haven't seen my brother in a minute, I'd buy him dinner. There's another 150 out the window. 300 on my card. It's 1,100. <clears throat> 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. 1,100 before I blinked. Got a great steak, though. Great steak. Grabbed some ice cream to go. Came up to the room. Thought I'd get some great rest, watch a little recap on ESPN, check out the tournament. And then my brother started snoring like a horse that died in a field. <clears throat> it was literally the loudest snoring you've ever heard. And it's at the Venetian where there's a suite. So there's like 40, 20 <laughs> feet from his bed to the other bed, down a couple steps. But that didn't help because the bed I was in had a metal rod shooting through my spine. And so what I thought was going to be a relaxing 24 hours has been absolutely no rest, but it has been great hanging out with my brother. But he kept me up all night, um, plus so did the chocolate cake. I had some weird dreams on the chocolate cake. All of a sudden, there was I don't know what happened. There was a penis in a hand in my dream, and it wasn't my hand or my penis. I don't know what it was, but there were gay dreams on chocolate cake. And then I woke up, and I got out of my uh, the rod bed, um, with the cement thing, with this, the most uncomfortable bed you've ever had. Uh, there wasn't even a blanket for me, so I had to put the shirt on from the day that I wore on the airplane. I tried to get comfortable and warm. Um, didn't work, so I went over and I thought maybe if I put my music on my phone, I could just go over and get into my brother's bed, which is a giant bed over there. But the snoring um, was so loud that it was basically rippling Rippling into the covers. You came in for a little bit. Does anybody sleep with you in your own home? I don't sleep in my own home. I sleep outside of my home in a doghouse because everybody puts me in there because I snore so much. Do you think the snoring could get under control at some point? Why wouldn't you get a breath strip? I only use those when I played football, and I think they're uh, I think they're a weird. I don't know. They look weird. I've never tried one. I don't think it would help. I don't think it's my nose. Oh no. <laughs> What what is it? Your heart? Because I was gonna punch you in the heart last night. I didn't get one hour of sleep, but somehow Vegas pumps enough oxygen into the room where you actually wake up awake. So we went to the gym and got a great workout in, which makes me feel good on on what is today St. Patrick's Day. It's like a it's like it's like an, a post op hospital room where they give you all that fresh oxygen. So you wake up, you you like come to, you know. I slept great last night. I didn't hear myself snoring once. And when I was laying there quietly, like just relaxing, I don't hear myself breathing. It just seems normal. Yeah, you didn't, but you woke yourself up actually one time. I did? Did I say something? You just made a weird like sound where I actually was like, are you okay? You're like, <laughs> 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 
and I, t- I grabbed your back and I was like, yo, are you all right? I thought you were choking on your own tongue. And you weren't. <laughs> you grabbed it? Thank God. Anyway, my cousin Scotty came. We had uh, So it was three youngs, me, my brother Rob, and my cousin Scotty Young, who's a doctor in Vegas. He came and he hung out with us and he just, uh, you know, he, he was ready to stay out all night. But he would have we slept here last night. He would have totally slept here, but we sent him home. He, you could see it in his eyes. He wanted to stay in the room with us. Yeah, but Scotty looked like he was crying because he had to leave and go back to his wife and kids, and he didn't want to, nor does anybody that I know that's married at this point. Nobody basically wants to go back to their wife and kids. All they want to do is hang out with single Mike, and uh, Vegas is no exception. So, yeah, we sent Scotty home. He had tears in his eyes. By the way, single Mike ain't all it's cracked up to be because you wanted to go to bed too, and you ate chocolate cake. We went to dinner, no drinking, in Vegas on a Friday night, I haven't been drinking. I haven't had a drink in 77 days. Not that I'm counting, but I'm counting. I stopped drinking on New Year's, and it, I thought I was going to take a month off, and it just kept going. So, yes, I'm Vegas to me right now could be any other place. I'm not partying. I'm not going crazy. And we've been here so many times that we already, we already know how to do Vegas. Let's, you know? Yeah, let's tell everybody what I'm doing right now. Because when I was here for work... I got a, a room, a, a booth at Tao, which is a nightclub here. Actually, Mike kind of hooked it up, but I still had to pay too much money. Anyways, they gave me a bottle of champagne on the way out and, like, packaged it up real nice. But I can't travel with it. So Mike came up with the idea to put the bottle of champagne into a Fiji water bottle. So I emptied out the Fiji water bottle and filled it up with <laughs> a bottle of champagne. And now I'm drinking champagne out of a Fiji water bottle. It basically looks like I'm drinking a urine sample. A gargantuan urine sample. So Rob's going to be hammered in about 11 minutes. i got to go to the airport in 20 minutes. Um, my flight leaves today back to L.A. And uh, it's a nice little... It's, it's, but I, I, the truth is, I'm glad I got to come here, Rob. I'm glad I got to come hang out with you, even if it was for 24 hours. You know, you had work to do. You did your thing. You were yeah. here at a convention, yeah, right? Great. It was a convention. You handled your business. You were so close. I figured, why not pop over to L.A.? Because... You know, you're, I don't know when I'm coming back to Detroit, and and your son, my nephew Cameron's coming to visit me in L.A. for his spring break, which would be awesome and hilarious. Um, but I don't know when I'm going back to Detroit. So while while we were here, my brother gets a call from an ambulance in Detroit because my mom accidentally hit her life alert button. While yeah. She- yeah. So 20 minutes uh, into our workout this morning, I get a phone call from Life Alert that. They got notified that my mom's button had been pushed, and she's not responding to any phone calls. So I'm the first one on the list they call. I'm downstairs in pure opulence, working out, relaxing with Mike. And I couldn't get, be happier downstairs. Couldn't be happier. And then all of a sudden I go into you know, super emergency mode, drop everything I'm doing, getting ready to get on the next plane. And I call my mom, and she's like, hi, sweetheart. How are you doing? Is Mike there? Are you guys having a great time? I go, Mom. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm on the other line with life alert, and I told them to break down your front door and break through a window if they had to. And they were like, that won't be necessary, sir. We have a lockbox number for her house. I said, well, it might be faster if you just break through the window. And she said, well, why? I said, because you must have inadvertently hit your button. She's like, I'm outside taking a walk. It's so beautiful today. And I'm tripping out. I walk over to Mike. He can see it in my face that I'm you know, a, a, a wreck. And my mom's, like, poo-pooing it, like, oh, what are you kidding me? So I have to call Life Alert back or tell Life Alert, like, 
disregard the whole emergency. And they're like, well, we'll see if we can do that because we've already dispatched everybody to your mom's home. So, so basically you, mom's walking around the neighborhood on her walker or on the cane, hit her life alert button, yeah. an ambulance shows up, and she's not even there. She's just somewhere else in the neighborhood. Right, right. But, but then I call mom back. Mom calls me back, and she says, uh, I just sent the ambulance away. The ambulances did go to her house. They did get there. They never turned around. They went there and still checked. And mom was like, oh, I told him to go back. It wasn't a big deal. It was nothing. I, I must have hit it by accident. And uh, meanwhile, I'm tripping out. And uh, Yeah, Rob walked over while I was doing leg presses, strong leg presses. I was down <laughs> probably 225 pounds pressing. Rob walked over with a blank face, and all I could hear was, uh, is everything okay? Okay, Ma, what happened? Well, why'd they call me? Where's the ambulance? So, you know, when you have a mom that had a stroke a year ago and a hip replacement shortly thereafter, you never know. Things could be touch and go, and we're, on, we're always on high alert in our, in our world. And, uh, but thank God she's fine, and she's walking around the neighborhood right now and going to swim class yeah. soon, which has been helping a lot. Absolutely. Mom's getting back to good. And that's the most important thing. But, yeah, I mean, still, I was ready to leave Vegas. I mean, even even the traveling that I do for work is sometimes challenging because I know mom's home and, you know, I can't get there in the immediacy like I like to, you know. So it's it, it's tough. I don't want to get emotional on this. Let me just drink my champagne out of my Fiji bottle. <laughs> my By the way, since the last Rob brought up the, the, the sample of champagne that looks, literally looks like it came out of a doctor's bathroom, since he brought it up last, it's halfway gone. My brother will be hammered in moments. Totally Shrek. Shrek on his plane, which, by the way, I would love if I was drinking right now. I would drink with you, and I'm going to drink with you soon. And when you – I wouldn't say I had a drinking problem. I, I wouldn't say I had a drinking problem. I'm not going to say I had a drinking problem, but the bottom line was – What would you say? I would say I was slow sipping tequila five nights a week consistently up at the comedy store. Um, I was getting foggy in the morning. It was absolutely affecting my workload. I'll say that. Call it a problem if you want. But it became more of a habitual thing. I do not believe, you could tell me if I'm wrong, that I have a major, I don't think I have a major drinking problem. I put it in check and I'm ready to come back very soon. Hypothetically, let's just say you said to yourself, I might have a drinking problem. Have you ever said that to yourself? Yeah, it's been said. How did you say it? Like, what was the word? Well, I was in the emergency problem? room dehydrated. <laughs> and the doctor well, thought I had a problem. Yeah, but what did you say to yourself? Have you ever checked yourself and said something to yourself? What were those words? I said, I said to myself, I said, hey, self, maybe every night slow sipping tequila and convincing yourself that it's fun and you're good because you're, you're still healthy and working out every day, maybe it's not okay. And uh, I, I slipped into a rut of drinking often and what really put me out of it was the fact that I have a lot of work to do and a lot of my work takes place when I wake up in the morning and I have to write and I was foggy in the morning until like 11 30 12 o'clock noon I would only write from like 1 to 3 and that's not okay with it's not okay so that's what made me check myself 
You know what I mean? For real. That's what made me check myself. Plus, you know, when you drink tequila often, a couple health things pop up. One, you know, the one time I was dehydrated, ended up in the emergency room and didn't believe that it could be dehydration because in my mind, I'm like, there's no way I could be dehydrated. This has never happened. Drink tequila and tequila hydrates you. No, but then I talked to some guys that are like in rock bands when I was in Nashville. These rock and roll guys are like, yeah, bro, I've been to the hospital 11 times. He said, of course I've been there for dehydration. Uh-huh. It was a mixture of cocaine and tequila, right. you know? So I I was overdoing it. I had to put myself in check. Do I think I have an ad- – I don't have an addictive personality. No, I, I, you don't. I don't. You actually have a very strong will, but you also – you know. but that's I have okay. a habit of slipping you, into a habit. Oh, boom, habitual. That's a good word. Habit is the, is the root word of habitual. And, and the root word of uh, habit is ha. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I checked myself. It's been 76 days. What bums me out is how great I feel. I mean, I feel I haven't felt this good and this much energy right. in a long time. Right. I don't like that I feel this good because it makes me say, am I never going to drink? You're- I am 100% going to come back to tequila because right. I like it. Yep. I enjoy it. Yep. It's fun for yep. me. Once in a yep. while, I can do it. I'm not Hell Stephen yeah. King, yeah. you know what I mean, who was drinking Scope when he was, you know, writing Carrie, the movie, because he all the alcohol ran out and he had to drink things that had alcohol in it. his stomach had bad breath. <laughs> That's a good one. No, but I'm just saying, I... What do you think? I don't think I have a problem like that. I think I got into a habit. Yo, I think that you, you've, you're in the same mindset that you were the last time you stopped drinking. And I think that once you realize that once you go back to drinking... You find that you're you're drinking just as much, but your tolerance is lower. So you're going to be drinking the same, but your tolerance is lower, and it's it, it's going to be a medical thing the next time, because you're not getting any younger, and you're not getting any smarter. So you're saying I should never drink again? No, I'm not saying you should never drink again, or that you won't ever drink again. And I'm not telling you what to do. You're a grown ass man. But what I'm telling you is that it's gonna always it's gonna always catch up to you. Right now you're at the top of your game. Right now you you you've been at the top of your game. Many t- more more often than not over the last twenty years, but when you're at the bottom of your game, when you're feeling the funk, you turn to tequila, and that is your, you know, that's your Achilles heel. I don't think I turn to te- I, I, I don't turn to tequila when I'm in the funk. Well, you it's a habit well, you, at eight o'clock at night yeah, no, when I'm alone all day. I don't I don't drink tequila to to make me feel a different way about the way life's going. No, no, no. Tequila doesn't have to be like you're on the street corner drinking a bottle of tequila. Tequila for you is just, it's, it's good. It makes you feel a certain way. And that certain way is, the, is a part of the mental and physical addiction that, that is just a part of anything that makes you feel good, whether it's drugs, sex, music, dance, fucking the way you light your house. I mean, it's just an addiction. So part of that, and you might have a, a, great, a grand part of it, or you might have a minor little part of it. But the fact is you have a little bit of you inside that needs that because it's like an allergy. You need to have that, that you know, it, it's, it's something inside of you. And you, tequila is your, is your crutch. So don't deny it. Accept it. You're 77 days sober and you're 77 days feeling great. So you're going to go back to tequila and feel like shit? Why don't you every now and then, if you do ever feel like going back to it, if you do have the fucking strong will that you, you know, think that you do have, then fucking prove it, and and you know at a at, at your you know at, at a your birthday party that's coming up in a few weeks, 
you know, at other celebrations and other things that you're going to have going on down the road. You've got a lot of movies. You've got books coming out. You've got a gang load of shit happening. You've got TV, movies, and books. And you've got your stand-up. If you have, you know, milestones that you meet and you want to have a drink, that's one thing. But if you have to drink every day to lead up to a milestone, then that's fucked up. <laughs> now there's only a quarter bottle of champagne left. You're literally going to drink a bottle of champagne before this is over. As he's telling me that I have a problem. Now listen, let's just take it back a few years. My brother, you, you're not a good drinker. Let's just put that on the table. I've always been a decent drinker. You, when you drink, you get mean. You one time drank when we were in Malibu along the PCH and we were getting out of the house and you were hammered in the back seat and I went to help you out and you took a swing at my face. I thought I took a swing at Todd. No, you took a swing at me and Todd and we said, fuck it. We just left you in the car. Those you are love taps. I wasn't swinging at you to hurt you. You were just swinging to punch me in the face. Not You didn't want to knock me out, but you, just, you wanted to punch me in the face because we were annoying you by waking you up. Boom, there it is. Bottom line is... You have a drinking problem. <laughs> you have the problem. I, do I get dehydrated? Yes, because do I not recognize that like tequila will dehydrate you? Were my insides a little messed up from this? Yes. Have I felt this good in years? No. I feel unbelievable right now. Things are good. Let's get off the subject of drinking. I will come back, but I will come back in moderation. That is a guarantee. I will not come back to every night drinking tequila. I'm going to come back to simple moderation. That's it. We can talk about other things now. Yo, it's like clockwork orange. When you come back, you, maybe you get sick from it. Maybe you switch it up and just have a fucking Miller Lite, like a normal adult. No, tequila's healthier than a Miller Lite. Is it? Yeah. I don't know. After you're working out and shit, I think beer is okay. No, no. You drink beer after doing triathlons and playing football. But then again, that was a problem. Yeah, you bunch of alcoholic football players. No, that's not what I'm talking about. No, I'm all good. Thank you for your concern, bro. I'm all good. I'm not coming back now, but it's St. Patrick's Day. When I land... Oh, boom. It's St. Patrick's Day. That's a great day to talk about this, don't you think? Yeah, there's a bunch of animal drunks outside our window right now at the pool at the Venetian and at the Tau Beach Club. And you can see them down there dressed in green going crazy. And there's nothing less appealing than a bunch of drunk idiots on St. Patrick's Day. Base. It's a di- base. It's a day I could literally give a shit about, St. Patrick's Day. All I'm thinking about is work next week because I got a heavy load and I got to get shit straight. And I'm about to start writing the TV pilot for the garment district. So I want to get the index cards up on the board and see where I'm at. I want to. I'm going to San Jose next week for stand up with Saget. I want to get my one hour special straight, and I got my Swipers movie that I wrote for Doug. Right. Uh, that I got to do a bunch of rewrite stuff on, which is just my, my head's gonna explode. Yeah, let me say this on St. Patrick's Day. Have we not every time we've been together, like moments like this? Like we're sitting here, we're 16 floors up in the air. We're looking at mountains. We're looking at hotels. We're in the Southwest. Beautiful. I'm here for work. Your work. Couldn't be better right now. You came in, you're getting calls, you know, you're, you've got deals on the table, you got deals that are done. You have so much stuff in the pipeline, bro. I'm so proud of you. It's, it's so awesome. You know, Thanks. Every, every time we're together, it's always it's either an inspirational moment, a gut check moment, um, you know, it gets serious, it gets light. But the reality is, we keep moving forward and we've been through a lot in our lives. We got a lot of great things to be proud of, and you especially have got so much going on right now. I couldn't be more proud of you, and I know I'm a baby brother. I shouldn't have to say that, 
because that's something that you should be saying to me. But <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so fucking proud of you because you you you've just you've persevered and you've you've you put the work in. You put the you put the work in. You've established the foundation for for hard work, and you can't get anywhere in this life without some hard work. That's just the way we were raised, and you've literally grinded it out. You are a fucking word factory, and your words are going to be heard by millions of people. And I couldn't be more proud of you for the hard work that you put in, all the things that are happening for you in your life. One eighth of the bottle is left <laughs> of the of the champagne, but thanks, Rob. Yeah, Thank the you. Irish the, eyes are smiling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's the word. Thanks, bro. That that makes me feel good. But we're not here to talk about me and my words. Well, I'm proud of you me. too. Let's talk about me. I'll let's talk about. Me. Let me talk about my. Well, I got seven minutes until I got to get in a cab for my for my flight. My brother, uh, I couldn't be more proud of you, bro. And I'll tell you why. My brother took the real route. You took the real route of life. My brother went. He started his own company twenty years ago. He had a company. He was doing great doing big things young and sons not everybody in this world starts their own shit he learned the business from our one relative who's got a big company out there in the world he took his own thing he used his relationship started a company ran it for 18 years 18 19 years yeah. 18 years yeah. young and sons okay it was going it was kicking ass you know celebrities you know what i mean toby mcguire's on television or on poker night wearing young and son's hat he has no idea there is no young and sons anymore he's still wearing the hat and yelling about it little old ladies love me. you know what i mean little old ladies love you but you had you got married you had kids you had a family you go through all the real life shit and this comedy thing and this writing thing and this hollywood thing yeah there are people that are married sebastian's married he's got a kid now brett's married no kid right now but like a lot of my friends have done marriage and the kid thing and it's funny because some of their acts be reflect you know the guys that like talk only about the family it's like a boring act i think and my boys are still killing it but and i'm not talking about them and on stage but like you've dove in with no fear so you got to pat yourself on the back and we can be real and and you made mistakes with young and sons you know we could be real yeah. about it yeah. you know you you because my brother's gift is communication with people and opening the doors getting the deal done signing the deal and everybody wants to work right. with you that's your gift you're not good in the office, checking your books, making sure your people aren't stealing, making sure your company's smooth. You know what I mean? There were things that you let go because of your, that's just not your thing. Right. So you didn't have the army within the structure that you should have had looking out for you. You know what I mean? And you were just so trustworthy and kind of letting day-to-day -day operations go that things got, you know, sloppy in places that shouldn't get sloppy. But you're not the only one. Right. Anybody that's no. ever been super successful right. in this world right. has had businesses that go great and they go under. They fail and they succeed. But you right. take the risk and you're going to come out yeah. shining like a star because yep. now you're with Blue Team, our other cousin's company. Yep. Right. You're making, you know what I mean? Our blue team restoration is my other cousin Brian's company. He came along, merged, took over Young and Sons, yep. merged you into the mix, and now you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, which is yeah. communicating all over America. Exactly. You're in every damn state. Yep. You're traveling like a comedian. Yep. Everyone that even meets you for an hour wants to work with you. Yeah. My brother's signing contracts just by taking dudes to dinner at Tao. You know what I mean? Like, you're just. That's you're you're just the, the you know what I mean you yeah. you take care of people 
when you're with them, and then your company takes care of them when you're not with them. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. The way you are as a person is the way your company is going to have to be reflecting. And by the way, you're teaching Brian's company, which is a $100 million company, huge company doing business. You're teaching them how to be people people. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were running like a robot. Yeah. You know, They were operating right. without tender gloves. Right. Exactly. You know? When you came in the mix, the game started changing. Mm-hmm. You brought them, you know, the, the Detroit people, the Cleveland people, the Cincinnati, you know, mm-hmm. all your connects. Mm-hmm. And you're, and I, I, look up, I look up to you a lot of times, you know, for diving into life when, yes, things are going great for me right now. It's real cool and smooth. And it, but I don't, even, I don't really believe, like, everyone's like, it's, the entertainment business is so hard. Fucking life is hard. Yeah. Life is hard. Right. Any business is hard. Right. You know, I'm a, I'm not gonna pat myself on the back because I'm because things are going good for this moment. I'm proud of myself. I am kicking ass. Right. It's all good. I'm gonna make some more movies. We're gonna make a TV yeah. thing. Yeah. I'm gonna kick ass. Yeah. It's all good. But like, to me, it's almost like my one bit where it's like, you know. People, I, I hate people. There was always those people that are like, I left home at 16 on my own and I drove across the country and I lived in my... Guess what, bro? Guess what? That ain't shit. That ain't shit. That ain't shit. Anybody can leave home. But who can stay home? Right, <laughs> who can right. stay home? Who's in the who can stay home with their family surrounded by them at high stress levels? Who can stay home and try to build a foundation right. and be around the people you grew up with? I don't believe that like leaving home and making it is like the harder thing i think staying home is hard you know what i mean i used to look at my boys some of my boys who were you know stayed home and do i am i disappointed in some people who don't use every gift that they have right. to motivate themselves and be the best they could be right. yeah that i don't like that shit i believe while we're lucky enough to be here Everybody should strive to truly be the best they can be. And that's Jesse's mentality. That's my people that I respect. My boy Jesse Itzler, who, you know, living with the SEAL, 100-mile man. You know, use every asset you have, all right? I wasn't going to be a pro ball player. I was slow. But I used my good hands in boxing, and I used as fast. I I could field in baseball. I I was the best I was ever going to be. You know what I mean? Uh, there was not one thing I could have done to take it to the next level. When you're born slow, the best you can do is increase your time by one-tenth of a second. You know what I mean? <laughs> so the point is, you know, you dive into life, and what, and, and you're going through wars. You've it's, gone through yeah. them. It's you know? in you. you get, you got to do it. It's just in you. You know, and, and getting back a few minutes uh, about the, the Young and Sons thing, I wore 12 different hats. And now I only wear a few hats. And those hats that I wear now are the ones that give me the most ability to... Enjoy. It, what's that? And joy. And joy. That give me the most ability and joy, absolutely. And the freedom to spread my wings and fly uh, the best I can. And, and, you know, thank God for Brian and Katie, you know, coming in and recognizing that. And I mean, we've always had that because we've been so close, you know, our whole lives. But to now, you know, work in that environment and to work with family that's... When they talk about relationship building, they talk about business, they talk about connectivity, it's always love and trust, love and trust. And there's always been that. And that's the one thing that, you know, at the foundation of any great relationship. And and for me, you know, all the other companies that were trying to vie for my, you know, company or try to, you know, buy me out or, or whatnot, I didn't have that trust in the other people that were looking at me. After a while, you know, all the whining and dining and bullshit, 
you know, at the end of the day, I need to be with somebody that I could, you know, literally be in the trenches with, or if something went down the streets, we're throwing down together, you right. know, and there's nobody better than Bri, you know, to do that right. with, you know what I mean, nobody more genuine than that. <clears throat> so we got to get him his ass on the podcast. We got to do a blue team podcast for sure. He won't do the podcast. He won't. He last. can't focus. He can't last. Brian, but he'll be here for the beginning of it and maybe the end, but there's no way he would be here in the middle. So you got to almost capture the moment with him, right? Like on the fly. Yeah. Now my cousin Brian is hilarious because he, you know, growing up he was a super hypersensitive kid. You know, very sensitive. Still is. Highly smart, very intelligent, and he has built this company. Yep. And the irony is that all you guys, at one point or another, you worked at. I could say the. I, I can't. No. Okay. They worked for another company, but it was like. We all started from one place. They all started one do. place and learned what not to do. Not what, how not to treat people. You know what I mean? And they all went off. My, my brother and my cousin all went off on their own. And they're building this beautiful, you know, company whose job it is when a fire, a flood, a mold, you know what I mean? Any damage, massive shit goes down at your hotel, at your c- commercial property, at your house, at your... When it goes no, down... No, 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 no. No homes. <laughs> no, there's one tenth of the champagne left. He's getting me. No, no, no. No homes. Don't, don't call do me for homes. It's called residential. We don't do residential except for some of our high end clients. We do all commercial. We if do- your hotel is on fire, God forbid. If there is smoke damage in your gigantic mall. If your old folks' home or your or or, or senior living centers are faltering. And if anything's happening, you call. My brother, you call Blue Team. Call me. I'll turn you on to my brother. You know what I mean? That's what you do. Yo, but but my point, but my point is, number. my point is, what you do is God's work, bro. You put people's lives back together. Yep. And a lot of the people in those businesses, they just are robots and they don't have any love, tender care. And you do, and the, and you guys do. So I'm just saying, you took a dive into a real, to real life family business. I have been sleeping around. I've been up at Leo's house, you know what I mean, trying to get to third base with a Brazilian supermodel. It ain't that hard when you're doing stuff like that. The business aspect of Hollywood is very tough because there's a million people trying to get 10 jobs. So I am going to pat myself on the back on a couple things. But that being said, let these things be successful. Let these movies go. But I'm proud of you, and this is not a you know a podcast to just sit here and say how proud we are of each other. Yeah. We're in Vegas. Right. We grew up around Vegas. Our dad used to, and my, our parents used to take us to Vegas. My dad was connected to the gangsters in Detroit, and they used to get us rooms in Vegas. That's just real talk. Right. And they would get us rooms for nothing. Right. And dad would come here for one hundred dollars and never gamble, <laughs> right. and eat for free, and drink for free, and hang for free. And ringside seats. And ringside seats, and we lived it. So we're here in Vegas, and I got to get going now. I'd love to keep going. That was a half-hour podcast, but I got to go. And if you want to keep talking, we can go down the hall. Yeah, but my flight, my flight leaves in a minute. So grab your bag, bro. Am I grabbing everything? No, just grab your – he's almost drank a whole bottle of champagne, but he feels great. I can see it, but I'm the one with the drinking problem. My brother, he's – meanwhile, he's walking around the hotel – with, what is that? An easel. There's an easel in a bag because it's company thing, all right? The easel bag looks like there's a fuck, an AK-47 in, an e- in the bag. It's not. It's a, it's a thing that we pop up that has our company logo. That's what I'm saying. Your company logo bag that I'm carrying looks like I'm carrying a rifle down the hall of the Venetian, but it's not, and so I hope I don't get stopped. Yo, I should put the robe on and walk down the hall. You look psychotic. 
But you should actually get on the plane with a rope. I got Open that. I got no sleep. I can't believe I got no sleep. We're walking out of the room right now. I absolutely had zero sleep. My brother snored me through the night. I've moved beds three times. And finally, at one point, I just put on Connor Ober's sad music to try to cry myself to sleep. That's your phone. I hope it's not life alert. Oh, it's mom. It's mom. What up, mom? My mom's calling. Hello? Mom? Is she good? I'm down 400. She's, she's better. Yeah. What's up, mom? Um... Anyway, yo, Mike Young, stories that need to be told. We're, We're out. We're out. Yo, I love you, Mike. I love you. I love you. Thanks for thanks for having me in Vegas. I'm yeah, only down. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy Paint Patrick's Day. I'm fucking coming back to drinking, and it's been a great time. I'm only down 1100. By the time I get home, I'll be out 1500. Maybe your birthday, we do some responsible uh, cocktails. Okay. In a month, I'll be drinking, but before that, I'm gonna drink probably. Anyway, next week. Uh, me and Bob Saget are in San Jose, San Jose Improv, next Friday and Saturday. I believe that's the 22nd and 3rd, something I don't know what that. 27th, I have no idea. March, something. Then we're in Denver, Comedy Works. So next week, San Jose. The following week, Denver Comedy Works. Mike Young, stories that need to be told. Find me on Instagram at TheRealMikeYoung. Peace. My brother's Robert. out, Robert Young. Blue team. Blue team. You'll find them. All right.